Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic. The book of James, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of James. We are in the fifth and final installment of this series. Has this series been helpful to anybody? How many love the book of James? Talking about working out your faith. God works in, and then he expects us to work that out in our habits and in our life. So this has just been fantastic. It has blessed me. It's encouraged me, and I pray that it adds value to you today. We're going to cross the finish line with an exclamation point. I want to talk to you about the secret, the secret to having it all. The secret to having it all. Is anybody interested in this secret with a couple keys that unlocks some things. How many of you like a good secret? How many of you can keep a secret? How many know some people that can't keep a secret if their life depended on it? Yeah, don't point at anybody in here. Now look out. The secret to having it all. The book of James, James chapter 3, starting with verse 13. We're going to uncover the secret to having everything that your heart desires. I think it's found in this passage. Verse 13, the Bible says this. If you are wise and you understand God's ways, then prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. But if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and even demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. James is distinguishing between wisdom from above and things that are happening in the earth. How many of you know that things are crazy and chaotic and confusing in the earth? But wisdom comes from a different realm. Look at what it says, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. How many of you, you want that list in your life? It's first pure. Notice what we highlighted. It's pure. It's peace-loving. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy, the fruit of good deeds, showing no favoritism, but always being sincere. Finally, verse 18, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Today, I want to talk to you about wisdom. I think wisdom is the secret to having everything your heart desires. You know, I was considering this. We live in a world filled with information. How many of you, you have a smartphone? You got a cell phone that's considered a smartphone. Yes. You got a lot of information at your fingertips. You know, they say that, uh, that the smartphones today have more computing power. In the palm of your hand, you have more computing power than the spaceship Apollo 13. That's fascinating. You know, I Googled something the other day. Y'all Google stuff? I want to find information out about something. Well, just Google it. The, the girls told me the other day, Dad, just Google it. 
Okay, well, I, so I Googled. You know, I Googled something random. I said, let me just try this out. I Googled election day, election day. Do you know that in 0.51 seconds, there were 800 million results of Googling election day? How many know that's a lot of information? And it's right here at your fingertips. The truth is, we have more information today that's available to us than at any other time in human history. But what's fascinating to me is, we live in a world that's growing in information, but yet sometimes wisdom is worlds away. How many of you know you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't know how to apply that knowledge, you don't understand wisdom? You see, knowledge is realizing that a tomato is a fruit. Did you guys know that? Some of you learned something just now. A tomato is, knowledge realizes that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom tells you never put a tomato in a fruit salad. It's taking what you know and applying it. How many of you know you can believe in deodorant all you want to, but if you don't apply it, you're still going to stink? Mmm. How many of you need wisdom? Yes, Lord. You know, I had a, a friend, and he, he texts me probably once a week, maybe once every other week. He's a pastor up in North Louisiana, and he'll text me. He'll say, Mike, how can I pray for you today? And I just want you to know I'm thankful for people who pray for their pastors. I'm grateful. It's an honor to be able to serve you and pray for you and your family. But Rachel and I, we feel, we sense the love and support of your prayers for us. And I'm grateful. How many of you are thankful to have people that pray for you? This guy texts me all the time. He says, how can I pray for you today? And you know, I almost feel bad saying this because it's like my answer is the same every time he texts. I pray, man, I just need wisdom. I need, when you're praying for me, pray that God will give your pastor wisdom. How many feels like that if you had more wisdom, your life could be raised to another level? I want to give you some building blocks of wisdom. I want to spend the time that we have remaining unpacking this idea of wisdom. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, first of all, we need it. We need wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a little bit of that. Tell them you're in the right place for it. Come on, we need wisdom. You know, you'll never pursue wisdom if you don't realize how desperate you are for wisdom. You know, if you're like me, sometimes you wake up and, and I just feel there are assignments that are bigger than me. Sometimes I feel like I step into a realm where I'm overwhelmed and underqualified. Does anybody know what that feels like? Are you ever greeted with those two friends in the morning? You wake up and here's overwhelmed and here's underqualified and you guys just have breakfast together. And then you get in your vehicle and you go to work and then they kind of follow you into work. Or maybe you step into a meeting, you feel overwhelmed and underqualified. Sometimes I come to church and I step up into this pulpit. I say, Lord, and I feel overwhelmed. And man, I am not qualified. There's a sense of desperation that will draw you to seek help beyond yourself. If we realize that we need it, then it will compel us to do something about it. Uh, somebody said that leadership is the ability to hide panic. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what that feels like? Oh, Lord, what's going on in here? I'm smiling on the outside, but I'm trying to figure it out on the inside. 
You know, you, 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 if you don't realize how desperate you are for it, you'll never pursue it. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 3, and I love the story of Solomon, but the, the Bible says that the Lord showed up to Solomon in a dream and said, Solomon, what do you want? Just ask me for anything and I'll do it for you. How many thinks that would be a great moment right there? What if God showed up in the middle of one of your dreams and said, whatever you want, ask for it. Let me ask you this. What would you request of God? What would you do? As Solomon says, Lord, I feel like a child. Here I am, the king of this great nation. I feel so small. This assignment is so big. Solomon knew about overwhelmed and underqualified. And you know what he asked God for? He says, Lord, would you just give me wisdom? And the Lord says, perfect. You made the perfect request. You see, Solomon didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask for the life of his enemies. He just said, Lord, would you help me out? How many of you could use a little wisdom in your life today? Oh, this is big. We need wisdom. You know why we need wisdom? Because we're making decisions. And the decisions that you make today will determine the direction of your life tomorrow. You are deciding things right now in these moments. You're making, in fact, I read this statistic the other day. The average person will make 35,000 decisions every day. Daily, you are making decisions. You made a decision to, to get out of bed. When that alarm clock went off, how many of you, you made a decision to press snooze first, but then get out of bed and get dressed? I'm glad you did. I'm glad you're here. You made a decision on eating breakfast. and man, you, you, you came to church. Some of you said, you know what? I'm going to turn on the broadcast. I'm going to watch it right now. You're making decisions daily. And these decisions we make determine the direction of our life. I want to make decisions that are informed by the wisdom of God and not dictated by my feelings. Can I have a better amen? How many of you know that if you make decisions based on emotions and feelings, you'll end up in a very bad place? You know, feelings are indicators, but they're not dictators. Uh, feelings will, will locate where you are, but faith is where God's trying to get you to be. Are you with me today? N number one, we need Wisdom. I'm desperate for it. I don't want to go through these crazy times from pandemic to politics and everything in between without having the wisdom of God directing me. Number one, we need it. Number two, we can ask for it. If you need it, you can ask for it. Look at what James goes on to say, chapter 1, verse 5. James says, if you need wisdom... Ask our generous God. Somebody say generous God. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Oh, this is a great verse. The Bible's telling us, hey, if you need it, you can ask for it. And there's something about God when it comes to wisdom that just taps into his generosity. Aren't you glad that God's not stingy? How many of you, you prayed for wisdom yesterday? You said, Lord, I need wisdom. And then you woke up today realizing you need more wisdom today. I'm so glad that when I pray this prayer, God doesn't say, well, you know, Mike, you asked me for it yesterday. I gave you everything I had. 
Surely that was enough. You know, I gave it all yesterday. I've, I've been to the pantry. I'm checking for that, 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 that container of wisdom, and I'm, I'm fresh out. Aren't you glad that God's not rationing out wisdom because it's in short supply? Aren't you glad that God is generous, and if we need it, we can ask for it, and we can receive it in abundance? God's not going to rebuke you. Well, listen, I thought you, you, you should have made those decisions yesterday. What would you do with what I gave you? He's going to say this. You need it, ask for it, and continue to ask. I think this is important. I, I love this. I'm fixing to, to tell you how old I am. Do you remember that restaurant in Baton Rouge years ago? I, I don't think it's open anymore, but that, uh, it was a Mexican restaurant called Poncho's. How many remembers that? Y'all remember Poncho? Oh, yeah, some of you just woke up now. Oh, yeah. yes, Poncho's. That kind of greasy spoon Mexican restaurant on Florida Boulevard. Man, I love that place. My parents would take us to Poncho. It was a treat to go to Poncho's. You walk in. I just love Mexican food in general. But then going to Poncho's was like, that was the, the, the top shelf experience for a kid. And you get seated at the table. And what they have at the table, they had that little flag. Remember the flag that was at the table? That was the best part of it. Man, I get to sit down next to the flag. And anytime you needed something, you just kind of raised the flag. And there was the flag. And, and whoever's serving the table, they'd see the flag raised. Hey, wh what do you need? How can I help? And sometimes my parents would fuss at me because I didn't need anything, but I just wanted to raise the flag. Okay, can I help you? Oh, no, 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 he's fine. Quit doing that. No, I like how, looky, looky, look, 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 look. Uh, chips and salsa, please. Can I have more chips, some more? Sopapillas. Come on, how many thank God for sopapillas? That's a move of God right there. Man, you raise the flag. It signals your waiter or your waitress, and they say, how can I help you? If you need something, just ask. You know what God's saying here in this passage in James? He's saying, if you need wisdom, raise the flag raise the flag ask of me hey God I'm in a situation where I don't know what to do can you help Father I got this deal at work and I'm not exactly sure how it's going to turn out but I know that you hold my future in the palm of your hands God you see this thing from beginning to end Lord I'm raising the flag today I think every morning we need to raise the flag when you wake up in the morning when you get out of bed you say Lord would you give me wisdom I don't know what this day holds but I know who holds my day. I love what Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 15. He says, for I will give you words and wisdom. Come on, somebody say words. Say wisdom. Jesus said, I'm going to give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Isn't that good? God's promise to give you both words and and wisdom. He's not only going to give you the words to say, but the wisdom in how to say it. Come on, are you guys catching this? Y'all are quiet today. Y'all must be sad after that game yesterday. Come on, somebody. Whew. Hey, you had an extra hour to pray. Come on now. Hopefully, you got your heart and mind right. Man, God says, I'm going to give you both words and wisdom. Sometimes wisdom is not saying a word. Sometimes wisdom is holding on to your words. Jesus said, if you need wisdom, ask of me, and I will give you both words and wisdom so that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Oh, this is good. We live in a culture that's filled with words. Everybody has something to say. Facebook, 
Instagram, social media, Twitter. Everybody's got a microphone and a platform, and they're filling it with words. And Jesus is saying, you know what you need with your words? You need some wisdom. Come on, smile at me if you're into this. All right, I'm getting a little nervous right now. Grew up as a kid. I played the game of checkers. My dad taught me how to play checkers. I wasn't smart enough to play chess. Couldn't quite get all that figured out. But I love chess. I'm a checkers kind of guy. And, you know, the object in checkers is to take your checkers, whether you're black or red, you you go from one side of the board to the other. And there's certain maneuvers that you make. And and I remember my dad teaching me how to play this game, and he was good. And then we played, and then he was just so smart. We played up to the point where I beat him, and then we never played anymore. But I'd move my little checker from one side of the board to the other. And once I reached the back row of the other side of the board, I would look at my dad and say, king me. Whoa, whoa, that, all of a sudden now, that little checker transformed into a king. And now that king could maneuver on the board in ways that a regular checker couldn't. Come on, are you catching this? You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the crown jewel of the Christian experience. When your life is crowned with wisdom, you can move on the board in ways that you couldn't before. Come on, can I have a better Amen. And as parents, it's our responsibility to train up our children in the ways of wisdom. How many of you, you want your sons and daughters crowned with wisdom? You know why? Because you're not always going to be there to help them make decisions. Guess what? You don't have to be there. If they're full of the Spirit of God and they're walking in wisdom, they're going to make right choices as they move across the board of life. Jesus said, number one, if you, if you need it, Number two, you can ask for it. Look at what it says here, number three. Number three, not only do we need it, not only can we ask for it, but number three, by wisdom, we are blessed by it. We are blessed by it. Wisdom will help you steward everything God wants to give you in life. You know, God God is a generous God. He's a gracious God. He's a good God and wants to bless you. How many of you ever prayed, Lord, I pray increase in my life? How many have ever asked God for favor? Lord, would you enlarge my experience, my opportunities? God, I need financial blessing. Everything that you've ever asked God for, he wants to bless your life with it. But watch this. Wisdom is the crucial part in stewarding everything God wants to give you. I talked to Pastor Larry Stockstill this week. He's one of my overseers. And I thought what he said was profound. He said, Mike, God wants to give you everything your heart desires as long as it doesn't turn your heart from him. He's a good God. How many of you, as a parent, you want to be good to your children? Man, you think about Christmas. You think about birthdays. Man, I want to bless my kids. Can I tell you this? You're not going to outgood God. Okay, God is even better to you than you want to be to your children. But everything that you want to bless your kids with, watch this, if they don't have wisdom to be able to manage and steward that well, what was supposed to bless them will end up hurting them. Are you, are you with me? See, the, the things that we ask God for, let me ask you this. Do you have the wisdom to be able to manage those things well? I thought about this example, you know. Uh, how many thinks it would be a good day if, if someone gave you like $10 million? How many would love that day? Okay, only three of you are being honest. The rest of you are being religious. 
many of you would be shouting on the, the rooftops and just, met, just I mean, doing backflips in your backyard? How many of you, met, you may would get Pentecostal and do a little dance in church if somebody were to give you $10 million? Oh, that'd be a great day. Woo, what could you do with $10 million? Well, I can help you calculate 10% of that and tell you the first thing to do with it. You know, you see these people that win the lottery. I've actually seen, there's, there's like documentaries out there. It's amazing to me. There was some statistic I saw recently that said maybe 50, 60% of the people who have won like the Powerball or, or the lottery come into a large sum of money. Within the next five to 10 years, they're dead broke. It's, it's amazing. What, what, how, did, how does that happen? You come into what was supposed to be one of the best moments of your life, but if you, $10 million is a blessing, but if you don't have the wisdom to steward that well, how many of you know that blessing will end up being a curse? Some of these people in these documentaries say, you know, the day I won the Powerball was the worst day of my life. Wow, how, how, do, how do you end up there? Because you lack wisdom to be able to manage well the things God's trying to give you. And without wisdom, then it limits our ability to receive the things that God wants to bless us with. And in fact, I'll say it this way. What is on you will destroy you if what's in you cannot sustain you. The the, the favor of God on you will destroy you if you don't have the character on the inside to sustain that kind of gift. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 12, the scripture tells us, if you live your life guided by wisdom, you won't stumble or limp as you run. I love that. Come, We're running a race. We've got purpose. We've got direction. We have an assignment. The Bible says, run your race guided by wisdom. Then you won't stumble. You won't limp. You won't fall down. Solomon says, Lord, give me wisdom. He could have asked for anything, but he asked for wisdom. Now, now watch this. Not only did God give him what he asked for, God gave him everything he didn't ask for. God gave him wealth, gave him influence, gave him power and dominion. He didn't ask for those things, but he asked for wisdom. Let me ask you this. If you walked in wisdom, if you had divine wisdom guiding your life, where could you be? Number one, we need it. Number two, we can ask for it. Number three, we're blessed by it. Number four, we can grow in it. We can grow in it. We can grow in wisdom and knowledge in our relationship with the Lord. You know, I'm reminded of the life of Jesus. The Bible tells us there's a, a lot that's actually recorded in the scriptures about the birth of Christ. And it made me think about Christmas. I, I just, I'm so excited about Christmas this year. Christmas is always special at Healing Place, but I think especially this year after what we've walked through, and there's going to be some amazing moments that we have together as a church. The Bible talks a lot about Jesus at his birth. And then you read one little episode about him when he's 12 years old and his parents, you know, they, they left him in the temple. Remember that? They, they forgot him. You know, have you ever forgot one of your children? You haven't? Oh, man, y'all pray for me. How many has ever been forgotten as, as a child? How many of you were left somewhere and your parents just straight up, they didn't even know you were gone? Oh, yeah, I've been left at church many, 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 many times. Uh, but, hey, if Jesus' parents forgot about him, come on, I'm not in bad company then, I guess. 
you know, so you read an episode about Jesus when he's 12, and then there's nothing recorded about him until he's 30. You know, you read about the life and ministry of Jesus. There's a whole lot in the Gospels about him as an adult. But what was Jesus doing when he was 15 or, or 17 years old? Or when, when Jesus was 22 or, or 27, the, the Bible doesn't say anything except for one verse. There's one verse that sums up what's called the silent years. Many scholars refer to this as the silent years of Jesus. And this will help you because some of you, maybe you feel like nothing's going on in your life. Maybe you feel like you're just kind of out there um, and nothing significant or special happening. God, do you see me? Do you know me? You don't feel like a, a sense of purpose or direction or achievement. One verse sums up all these silent years. And you know what it is? Luke 2, 52. The Bible says this, but Jesus grew. That's it. He grew. How did he grow? In wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. One verse sums up this silent season. What was Jesus doing at 25, 28, 29 years old? He was growing. And you know what that tells me? That God wants to impart wisdom to you, but the measure that he gives, he wants you to grow what you've been given. He wants you to take that seed and cultivate that and grow that. You and I have the capacity to grow, not just in our knowledge and understanding, but in a spirit of wisdom. And I thought about my children, and I've, you've heard me say this before. Rachel and I, we have three kids. We got Eeny, Meeny, and Miney, and we ain't having no mo. We're good. We good. So Rachel and I and the three kids, I just, I'm fascinated. I marvel at how my kids, they're, they're each unique. How many parents have multiple children and you just, you look at your kids and you're thinking, wow, same house, they're taught the same values, they eat the same foods, but they are totally different. Is that like fascinating? Like, whoa, it's crazy. I, and I love the, the joy that each child brings to our family. It's special. But I thought about, you know, how they first got started. How they got here was a miracle in and of themselves. You know, when Rachel was pregnant, and she'll tell you this, when she got pregnant with Alexa, she gained 65 pounds. 65 All three pregnancies, she gained 65 pounds. That girl was large and in charge. Come on, somebody. She was ever growing and expounding and enlarging her territory. Is this okay, babe? It's not okay? She's saying this is not exercising wisdom right now. <laughs> yeah, but she was in her ninth month of pregnancy. I'll never forget. This is funny. You know what I'm getting ready to say here. When you were nine months pregnant with Alexa, remember that picture we got in our, our, our photo album? You're wearing that like orange. Uh, it's like a <laughs> outfit. It was an orange like a, help me. What do you call that thing? A tent? <laughs> She looked like a pumpkin. It was awesome, man. I mean, and so, and she, and so Rachel come walking in the room. I, I want to care for her. I want to make sure she, beep, beep, beep. Hey, y'all, clear out. Mama's coming. She, my, my, create space. We need to make room. Come on, make room. We got to make some room. We sang about that today. She grew. It's amazing what starts as a little seed inside of her begins to grow. And, you know, God wants to plant seeds of wisdom in you. 
but then he wants you to cultivate that seed so it begins to bear fruit. You can start with a little, but God says, I want you to grow what you've been given. You know how you grow in your, uh, your, your wisdom and your understanding of God? You grow right here in this book. You can, if you want wisdom, it starts right here. See, a lot of times people will pray for wisdom, but then they say, well, wait, God, I don't want anything to do with you, but I just want wisdom. How many know you cannot separate the word of God and the will of God? It is one and the same. Here's how we grow in wisdom. It's by investing time in this book. You know how else we grow in wisdom? Some of you need some spiritual mentors. You need a personal board of advisors, people that you go to, people that are experienced in life, that can speak into your journey. God's word, God's people. You know what else you need? You need the Holy Spirit. You need the help of the Holy Ghost. I love this verse in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Isaiah penned these words, and he was actually prophesying of Jesus 750 years before he was born. But he said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, and that will be a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You see what happens when the Holy Spirit is present? Man, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of God. All those things are present, and they have an opportunity to grow. Amen? You know what? We need it. We need it. We can ask for it. We are blessed by it. We can grow in it. But let me give you this final thought, and then I want to pray over us. Number five, and this kind of serves as a warning. Wisdom, we can actually drift from it. We can drift from it. You can get away from it. You know, it's not a a one and done thing. Well, I prayed for wisdom when I was a kid, and now I'm just kind of, I'm still walking in that. Not unless you're growing it and cultivating it, it's easy to drift from. Let, let, Let me finish by telling you about Solomon. Solomon prayed for wisdom. God gave it to him, and man, he was just radically blessed. His kingdom began to expand. But you know, at the end of his at the end of his reign, we read something in 1 Kings chapter 11 that, man, it's kind of discouraging. The Bible says this in 1 Kings eleven three 3, that Solomon had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And guess what those thousand women did in Solomon's life? They turned his heart away from the Lord. Now, Solomon, for you to be such a smart guy, how many know having a thousand wives is a pretty bad idea? (laughs) Fellas, how many got your hands full with the one wife God gave you? Come on, somebody. Man, I couldn't imagine. A thousand. Whoa, wait. Solomon, you're the smartest guy on the planet. What happened here? You know, instead of celebrating Solomon's wisdom, at the end of his life, you read a chronicle of his foolish decisions. You see, Solomon started out thinking of others. Lord, give me wisdom. I want to I serve this nation of Israel. I want to be the leader that this nation deserves. He started out serving others, but he ended up only thinking of himself. And the danger is drifting. We can, over time, become selfish, self-centered. We can take credit for things that God has done. You ever been at the beach 
Man, you picked out that spot of sand, and man, you got your, all your setup. You got your towels, your, your chairs, your, your ice chest, your music, all your, your, your games, your toys. And man, this is the perfect spot. And then you run into the water, man, you start playing, throwing frisbee, swimming, whatever. And 30 minutes later, you look up and you're like, wait a second, where'd my stuff go? Somebody took my stuff. And you notice about 30 yards down the beach line, there's your stuff. Boy, who moved my stuff? Listen, nobody moved it. You moved. You, you got caught up. How many know what I'm talking about? You just got caught up in the current. And you begin to, to drift over time. And the same is true with wisdom. Human nature will cause us to drift. But the goodness of God, he says, if you need it, you can ask for it. And this wisdom will bless your life. You can grow in it. And I just believe this, that the rest of your days could be the best of your days. You don't have to end up like Solomon in a bad place. And he forfeited so much. He ended up in a, in a very dark and difficult place. God, I'm just believing that in this day, in this season, in this moment of our church, that we can be guided by wisdom and we can walk in the fullness of our calling. Amen. You receive that today. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.